stalled around Rambi. Wow. And then um, me managing Ron Ron, I was like, yo, what you got this hot? And he was like, yo, I'm going to let you hear these dudes. And I'm like, are you crazy? These motherfuckers is insane. He was like, yeah. I'm like, bro, this is who we need to be working with. They um, they did that with a lot of producers, Fred. By doing it with Ron Ron, that's what helped me. They were just finding a beat somewhere in this. They was like, jacket. yo, we fuck with this beat. And um, yeah, they was going online like, yo, let's, let's find some beats we can fuck with. And they found Ron Ron beat. And they was like, yeah, let's, let's, we're going to take this nigga shit. And they took it. And I never heard from him. No, nah, I think he found, like, you know, they put his tag in there or something. And he was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But they didn't do it on, you know, like, intensely to fuck with him or not to fuck with him. They was just taking the beat. And one of them was Musty, which is the first record to go go. And the other one is Bottle Service. So both of them propelled us to where we need to be at. I was watching an interview with Though Jeezy, and he said that um, the Armenians, like, fuck with him real heavy. Yeah, he grew up with him. I lived on the block. What's crazy is 20 years ago, I lived on the block these niggas is from. Down here in East Hollywood. This is West Hollywood. They from East Hollywood, back that way. This is like all the industry. Back this way, is it get gully. Shoreline, they're... They're real young. Do you think they understand the impact they're having on the city? Yep. They are. They understand it because <clears throat> they're the... Um, Shoreline is the city combined. It's black, white, Mexican. You saw some of the homies the day backstage. Them was Cato people. We're going to see Cato a little later. And they were all mixed or different ethnicities. That's L.A. That's Shoreline. It's just a mix-up of everything. So they understand they're the first group. Um, I think Cypress Hill did it to a degree. You know, that's almost 30 years ago. So, yeah, they they, they understand what they represent for sure. They know it. So what what's the, what's the future goal now, now that you've had the success? Um, TV and film. Um bringing up more uh, executives, more brown, more black executives, more brown executives, more Asian executives, more females, more women executives, um, breaking that status quo up, you know what I mean? That, I, like, I live to dismantle the old white uh, executive thing of male-dominated old white men. We got to break that up. That was that's the tradition of America. So you want to get on some new shit, you have to dismantle that. People don't like to get power up. I don't think history has a lot of occurrences of people just handing people power. And they're usually, you know, very disruptive situations. So I want to continue to be a disruptor with culture and music and uh, be a capitalist. I want to be able to sell. I'm a neo-capitalist, meaning I make the money and then I take it back to the people and feed the people I'm one. Our motto as a company is our barren is to take from the rich and get to the poor. Um, I look up to Virgil. I look up to Don C. I look up to um, um, Jerry Lorenzo because those are 
people of color who've been able to come in and um, initially whatever brands they may have came in or under whatever creative direction they've been able to maneuver from that and make things with, with corporate America on their own terms. And I, I really, it really means something for me to see that and see how it's moving um, in real time. And we want to be able to do the same thing as far as our bearing. I want to move more away from a management company and more into a, um, an active um, creative agency in design, meaning that we're we do all the um, we assist with every phase of our artists, uh, getting them design work, creating that um, our album covers, the merch, the videos. They create their visions. We enable them to do that. So by enabling them to do that, we have a network of people now across the board that we're working with. I like to be able to get those people work and to bring their visions to life too. So it's. It's, it's, it's coming in maybe as a like a management company, record label, and then moving into a creative agency, working with film studios, working with TV studios, working with uh, tech investors, working with uh, venture capitalists and youth culture that, that is targeting our, our, our youth um, demo with, you know, California lifestyle and California music. You once told me that you were a revolutionary capitalist. Yes, sir. Can you, can you like, break that down for me? Yeah. So, to me, um, when you think about all the movements that failed, uh, some people got, um, you got the, the Black Panther Party, you had the Nation of Islam, you had, um, you know, whatever it may be, you know, uh, these, these groups and, um, these groups try to, uh, or even the civil rights. I, I think it's fair to say even the uh, civil rights movement did not have a concentration on capitalism. I think without understanding capitalism and without truly understanding what what it means to make money and how you're going to do that and to take your idea to make money, you know, you're not going to do it. You have to be subversive in that. Once again, we talked about a power structure. The power structure doesn't want somebody like me to make money. And it's not just because I'm black. It has nothing to do with that. I'm pretty sure that adds to it. It doesn't help. But at the end of the day, it's just because I'm not from uh, a base of power. Yeah, so the revolutionary capitalist to me is somebody um, who takes everything that they've learned uh, in capitalism and employs it subversively to get money on their own level. You know, so that's the take from the rich, get to the poor. We understand what we here for. Like, it just ain't me. Like, I gotta come out. I gotta. I gotta. I don't want to live off of welfare. I don't want to live off of handouts. I don't want to live off uh, em uh, empty speech. I want to really be able to make money off the things that I say and do. And I think that's only going to be able to be done if you approach it um, a certain way. So. Uh, uh, a revolutionary capitalist to me is somebody is, is out to get money um, by any means necessary and understands capitalism. It's goods and services. You're going to be trading something at some point. Um, I don't want to minimize what I'm doing based on what I'm doing, but you got to, that's the profit spread. That's what somebody say, oh, we got to do this to get that. You have to come up with ways 
to make your money out of a system that's not necessarily showing you how to do that. And then what do you do with that? So like how everybody's in an uproar about Gucci and Prada and all these brands, right? So they're all the same to me. Gucci, Prada, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, right? Some of them have sensitivity training and things because issues have happened before. It's not like they love the people that they're selling the product to. It's just that they don't, they know how to properly deal with these things. I think that at some point it's systemic. Uh, capitalism is about, uh, it, the, the roots of capitalism are imperialism and colonialism, which had nothing to do with human rights. It had nothing to do with uh, people being free and anything. It has some the imperialism and colonialism were conquering in the name of whatever country or sovereignty or majesty that you served. That's what it was about. And you went all over the world and you made people that didn't look like you, who had different gods, who had different belief systems, submit through the blood of their own cracked skulls <laughs> to what you believed in. So me, at, at being the product of that, now I look at uh, capitalism as a way to kind of, you, you can enforce that. You can get back with it. So that's what we do. That's revolutionary to me. Capitalist is somebody that is not about, um, hey, man, we got to, we got to, you know, uh, dance lightly or we have to do, man, you can come to the, you can come to this shit any way you want to come to it. You can deal with these people on your own terms. And then you fully understand what it is. It's not about an invitation to the quote unquote party. It's not about you know, sitting in the front of the bus or drinking from the water fountain. Um, I'm humbly, um, we, we, I'll forever be humbled by my forefathers who came before me and sacrificed to get those things done, right? They, they, they got their heads busted and lips busted and hoses and dogs put on them in order for us to do that. But what happened to those individual people? How did they retire? How were they able to buy houses? How were they able to take care of their, their families? See, that's where it really gets to, man. Like, are you going to die on Social Security? Is your grandmother going to die on Social Security? Because if she dies on Social Security and you try to give her a job or something, she can't make over a certain amount of money. She can't do certain things. I know. I try to give my mom something. She has to stay on something or you got to get her, or you have to pay for her health care. So when you start thinking of that, are people really free, bro? They might not be free. So if you're going to talk about saving your family or saving the people that you love, to me, it comes to understanding capitalism. So you can't give your uncle who worked all his life, he needs this fucking procedure. And whether he has insurance or not, he doesn't have to suffer. It's 40 bands, he got the 40 bands. You don't got to give me nothing, bro. You worked a hard life. You gave me life lessons. You gave me love. This is the least I could do is help you with your fucking back. Your back went out when you get your back back. You know, to, to be able to do those things, bro, is a blessing. So that's what a revolutionary capitalist is to me. is somebody who's able to utilize the um, the system, the financial system, to their, to their means. You're a student of history. What mistakes did you see that other people who were in your position made? that you're not going to make? The number one thing, bro, is tricking them. I'm not a trick. So, 
you know, I'm, 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 you know, you got a, a system where they, like capitalism, just very put, somebody always used to tell me that I was a little capitalism is a system of pimps and hoes. So me, I'm going to be with the pimps. I'm not going to be with the hoes. Just meaning that that's, and that could be female and male. I'm not going to get pimped out. I don't do anything I don't want to do. At my lowest level, um, I damn near went crazy because I was fighting myself not trying to do, as Zan Cools right there, not trying to do certain shit. You know, I can't do this. This shit is driving me crazy. Da 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 da. Um, I feel like motherfuckers be the 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 the, the rush of, oh, I, I can fuck this girl. I feel like that fuck a lot of shit up, bro. Being real, and I think if you, the powerful men have always fucked around. Like Trump, I don't even know. Look how nasty and out of shape Trump is. Well, how, how much hump power does he really have? This nigga got young kids and everything, so he's obviously fucking. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't want that to be my thing, bro. I'm not. My dick in my hand is not gonna be my, um, my downfall. Uh, also, power. Power corrupts absolutely. So there's a narcissistic element with money. I give you an example. This is my family. I take care of my family now. I help my family out. Yo, let's go get something to eat, TK. TK, the man, he going to get us something to eat. Da-da-da-da. Yo, my cousin needs something. Can you give me this? Yo, my son needs something. Everybody needs something from you. Everybody wants something from you, right? Is that for me? It's not. So your, the perception, and this is what I feel about Chris Lighty. R.I.P. If you got your mom's brother, sister, cousin, you got your family on your payroll. Imagine the shit that you've said about some of your bosses. The door says, this cocksucker son of a bitch. That's your boss. So now your family says that about you. Because why wouldn't they? That's human behavior. So I don't really want to employ all my family. I want to help my family. I, I think nepotism brings people down. I think um, the narcissistic center of it's all about me. Greatness allows me to do it. If I spent the next 20 years of my life at the highest level of human potential that I could do, it doesn't erase the 30 I spent in the mud. It just, it, get, it, can't, it can't negate that. And I have daily physical reminder. I got cut scars, wounds. You understand me? I got shit on my body that are daily reminders why I'm here and that I should count my blessing every day that I'm here. My mistakes are going to be other mistakes. I, I, I love the people that I love a little too much. I know that I, um, I, I grew up around fucked up male figures. So I have an affinity for people in the streets and certain things that I'm just now breaking. That's a, that's, you can't break something in 30 years. It's, it's like smoking crack. You can say that I, certain, certain negative shit I grew up around is home. It's home to me. It fit, whether people admit it or not, for me, it felt like home. It feel good. Certain behavior that's self-destructive or destructive, it felt like, oh, yeah, that's, um, that's my uncle right there. That's my big homie. Oh, yeah, that's that's there. So certain things, I'm a, I might be, like, pulled into that because it feel like, oh, I got to help him out because that remind me of something. That's my thing. I feel like those are things I'm going to battle with to the day I die. I don't want to repeat other people's mistakes. 
uh, I want to repeat. I want to work on my mistakes and go to the grave on my mistakes. So, yeah, I feel like keeping keeping focus on um, who you fucking with, um, who you're in a relationship with, um, not getting caught up on the money entitling you to shit. Then it's, I'm black in America. You, I'm an African person in America. It don't mean shit. Like, I'm not entitled to nothing. So I don't feel like my work, my work, the sum of my work, I'm entitled to be compensated for that. But I have to work for that. That's just how it is. It doesn't bother me. That's how it is. So, you know, I'm going to do that. But I don't want to get caught up, you know, in the shit that other people got caught up in. That's why I feel like L.A. Reid, I don't know anything about him personally. But I can see that. You know, I don't know Baby personally. But I can see certain things in that, you know. I don't I don't want that. They're great examples of two 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 businessmen that I felt came from the mud, bro. And they don't get enough credit. And I don't know. I would I would hope one day to have a personal relationship with LA Reed and ask him some things as a student of the game. Man, you like one of the greatest that ever do it. The same way you asked me, what what would you do different now? Same thing with Bay Baby. You one of the greatest people in rap. I don't give a fuck what nobody. I don't know that. Like, I, I can't speak on. I'm just looking at your actions. It's good and bad from the outside. But I like to ask you, what would you do? What could you do to help me to help somebody else? And I, I do a lot of service. That's what, I, you know, as somebody grew up in Islam, I do a lot of service. I, I definitely do a lot of service for the community. So that balances me out, too. So I'm just going to stay focused on them things. I feel like the people, as a student in history, if you look at the people and then be out here in the troops, I'm out here in the troops. Ain't no money in that shit we was doing. I could definitely be on, I, I could be in the south of France or whatever I want to do. I could be there or tell Mark, oh, yeah, get, get somebody to keep the the little boy and get somebody to keep my daughter, the daughter, and do this and that, da-da-da, and Oh, we just gonna take the kids over here. We our kids gonna go here, and I'm gonna go. I could do all that shit, right? I'm not. I'm out in the field. Like it was no music executives there. See, that's how you know it's not popping. It's not predatory yet. They haven't swooped in. They about to swoop in, but they haven't. Already laid my groundwork. So when you swoop in, you're gonna be like, damn, it's an infrastructure. Damn, it's an infrastructure here. So I'm focused on that. I lived enough years of my life. To understand, focus on that, and you're gonna be good. Like now, you, you gotta go going, bro. I literally have like 20 minutes worth of texts and calls I gotta do. So those things help me to say, damn, I just saw this girl with a fat ass. Let me get at her. That ain't gonna help me. I'm, I'm uh, or man, I'm the man. Let me just get on Instagram and just say how much I'm the man. It's not gonna help me. So I'm just gonna focus on those things, bro, more than anything. This episode of The Making of Shoreline Mafia is hosted and produced by me, Jonathan Mena. Executive produced by TK Kimbrough. Music by Sayer. Thank you to Road Microphones for the equipment. We appreciate the support. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate. And let us know in the comments section what you thought about the episode. This has been a Made by Mena and R. Baron production. 